Diggs, the new studio. We have Charlie Jacobs and Lauren Griffin. Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. First time in the studio. What do you guys think? I like it. It's a, it's a great little spot you got here. Nice. I think we might head over to the Wild Goose after. We'll see. We'll see. Right? <laughs> Your sister, Ella Jacobs, who was a guest, she experienced the other episode of my executive producer, Murph Cargus. So we're here. You guys just flew in from Austin. It's a rainy day. Thank you for joining. We're talking Austin, Texas. You know how many people that I talk to, not only parents, but then students, like Texas is always on their top of the list. It's like the top 10, right? It's it's the Texas, Vanderbilt, Duke, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgetown, but there's only about 30% that actually get in. And you two, class of 18 at Corona Del Mar High. To be seniors. Uh, having a great time there. <laughs> We're yeah. some of the lucky ones. Charlie Charlie says, uh, snuck your way in. Lauren, I mean, you guys, it, it's a smarty pants school. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it people that are listening? Obviously, this podcast helps high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. And Texas, it's hard to get into. Can we first just set that bar mm-hmm. and, and Lauren, talk about the process from high school that you took to actually get into Texas? Because right now everyone's stressing out, right? right? Waiting for exceptions. Did I get early admit, early decision? It's December, I wanna at least have my holidays and knowing <laughs> that I'm going to college. Talk to me about that process. I knew I always wanted to go to Texas. It was my absolute dream school since I was probably freshman. So I kind of knew the numbers, what it took to get in. Um, I knew Macomb's business school wasn't in my reach. I knew I didn't want to do anything science related. Um, I did kind of hear through older girls' suggestions to apply education because it's a little bit of a smaller major. So I think that's kind of was my back end into it. was applying to that specific major. Okay, I'm gonna hold that thought because Mm -hmm. I tell parents that and students that all the time. Because you're right, McCombs Business School, that's like Matthew McConaughey, all the, right, the smart, (laughs) the smarty pants, okay, we'll get there, Charlie. But it's hard in the ratio, right? There's probably a lot, 30, 40, 50 to one ratio that's getting accepted. Right. Now, education. Well, especially being out of state, I knew they already have that top 10% or whatever percent in-state Texas automatically gets in. So being out of state, I knew my chances are even lower than that. So I think choosing a specific major helps your chances get in. And so you applied with education? I did. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. Now, do you want to be a teacher? I did at first, actually, but um, education gives you a certificate to only teach in Texas. And I knew long term I would probably want to move back to California, so I switched a few times. What, you don't want to live in like Fort Worth or Duncanville or Frisco or Austin or San Antonio or H-Town? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Charlie, so McCombs Business School. Yes. <laughs> well, your whole family's freaking smart. So who's smarter, you or Ella? Um, <laughs> I am not going to answer, but I will say <laughs> that I got into Berkeley and she didn't get into Texas. Oh. <laughs> No, she's very smart. I would say she's smarter than me. She did better than me on the ACT. She's definitely um, more academic than I am and uh, works harder than me, I would say, as well. <laughs> she's really committed. The The thing with Texas is it's so hard to get into that school, and every year their my, main priority and commitment is always those Texas kids. They, I think, what is it right now, about like 96, 95, 96% of the school is Texans, and that other four percent is out of staters and international students so like i'm a we're a part of this four percent that was lucky enough to get in and i know every year it varies it gets harder every year and so i l is definitely smarter than me if i'm being honest but (laughs) that's uh, just a good brother yeah but it's uh, that's the thing with texas it's really hard to find your way in there as an out-of-stater and if you do find your way in i think your very luck might have a little bit to do with it Mm -hmm. Was Texas your number one choice? So when I was kind of going about the college admissions process, I didn't really have a number one. I decided I didn't want to pick that. I didn't want to tell everyone. I like to keep things like that private, but um, it was up there. I knew I wanted to be a business student and do business um, because, I mean, my 
grandfather, father have done it. It's always been something that's interested me. And so I kind of applied to a wide range of schools. And I think like most people who went to Corona Del Mar, at least what you hear the most is that the number one where everyone wants to go is USC. So I definitely felt a lot of excitement around like maybe hoping I'd get into USC. Uh, I ended up not getting into USC. But when Texas came about, what's so great about Texas is that um, not only was I admitted to the university, but I was also directly admitted to the Macomb School of Business. So that means I could show up and essentially, I don't have to hold a 4-0 for two years and then reapply. I'm already there. I've already been given the opportunity. So it's kind of all on my shoulders. And you hit on a good point because I've talked to a lot of other guests that are, for example, University of Wisconsin, their business school is very, very hard. So some of my daughter's friends are there direct and some are not direct, but the ones that aren't direct, they have still that pressure mm -hmm. and stress. You probably had some friends, right, Lauren, right, Charlie, mm -hmm. that still had to maintain a certain GPA. So what advice do you give the students that are listening or even the parents that are thinking about a business school or whatever major, but mm -hmm. if they're not directly admitted, that process that they go through that freshman year and even sophomore year. Yeah. I would say it depends. So you, they're obviously looking at your GPA. There's so many different um, resources you can use, like Rate My Professor, to know which classes might be a little bit easier just to attain that certain GPA. So I think it all comes down to your schedule not necessarily taking the easiest classes, but just the ones that are gonna help you get that GPA so you can transfer in. And I mean, something that's important to remember is that you you go to this, whatever university you decide to go to and you show up and that freshman first semester is like one of the most chaotic and hectic things you'll ever experience. You're making new friends, you're meeting new people, you're going out to bars, you're drinking more than you've ever drank in your life for a lot of these kids you see happen. And then on top of that, if you're at one of these schools, you're expected to maintain a 4-0 in a brand new environment in massive study halls with classes of 200 students that you've never done before, especially people who go to Newport Harbor and CDM. The biggest class they've probably ever been in was maybe 40 at the max. Mm -hmm. And now you're in a 200-person study hall where if you go ask the professor questions, he might not have time. Did you feel lost? Um, I did, well, so something I found funny, it lost physically and or mentally, physically at the school trying to find my classes as it started was like incredibly difficult. I remember taking my class sheet and like a week before walking out and trying to find each building I had to go to, which was just a nightmare. But then some of a, one of the seniors told me, by the way, the school is so big that if you type in the name of the building, it'll come up on Google Maps. <laughs> and so I started using that, and that helped me figure out a lot of the class. As far as uh, getting lost when it comes to like the mental aspect in starting, I would definitely say if you're good enough to get into the school, you're good enough to be there. It's not They don't admit anyone um, as a mistake. And so when you, when you go to, I mean, we'll use Texas and example and you show up and you're obviously gonna have that feeling of being lost but it's that's just a transitionary period like anything and I remember going through it that first week or two and I just remember thinking back well you know this is how I felt freshman year of high school coming from the middle school I don't know what I'm doing where I'm going and this seems a lot harder and yeah, it is harder but I mean you're still you're everyone there is capable of doing it now, you guys known each other for a long time. By the way, they're not a couple. I'm, I'm gonna air that right now because most people that have on uh, either are couples or like really, really good friends. You guys known each other. Since, since babies, yes. Since little babies. We, we have gone to uh, school, elementary, swim team, middle school, everything. high school, and now college together. So <laughs> let me ask you this. Did, Lauren, was that helpful having like brother on campus 100% especially our your first couple weeks you have date parties um, almost every other day so it's nice knowing that one person from high school that can be your date for this Thursday yeah. because you don't know a lot of guys yet because they're all from Texas and it's not like I went to a high school down the road and know 20 people so yeah. it's definitely nice having kind of that security blanket right right speak about that so I mean, we know a lot of people that go to, especially in this area, mm -hmm. Baylor, 
TCU, mm-hmm. right? SMU, mm-hmm. like the country club schools. You guys probably hate those schools, <laughs> right? And, and I always say, well, if there's one school, and that's why I'm excited to have you two on, because I've been to Austin, not once, but twice, and love the campus, and I know it's just so hard to get into, but there are different people out there. Right, it is yeah. Texas. Right. Yeah. So especially being in Southern California, you just talked about the first week or the first month, you're like, all right, I at least know someone safe, nothing's gonna happen, yeah. I don't know, you know, Billy Bob or Hick from with the belt <laughs> buckle and boots, but just kind of explain to my audience how people dress yeah. and how mm-hmm. you guys stand out. Who wants to take this oh, first? Oh gosh, well I can definitely start yeah. with, I moved in my freshman year to an all girls dorm. So I think that helped, especially out of state because I didn't know a lot of girls, just forcing that friend group immediately. Um, my biggest advice for girls coming in, I would say to room with someone that's from Texas as opposed to that one other person from your high school because my freshman year roommate was from Austin. She knew a thousand people and was constantly introducing me to other friends. Um, I do remember moving into the dorm and looking at my mom saying that we need to go shopping because <laughs> I just totally stood out. <laughs> I didn't have the big oversized t-shirts that they wear to class <laughs> with their Nike shorts and Nike shoes. I just looked California. I didn't and dress people, the part. They knew you were from California. Totally. Oh, you can and they talk shit or made fun of you. I th- Some, but it's more out of envy that we're from California. Um, and then... You know, a couple months later, you're all friends, and it doesn't matter where you are from. Yeah. All right, give a guy's perspective, Charlie. Well, so as far as being a guy in Texas goes, I've never really thought of myself as a fashionable person, <laughs> and I've kind of always just followed the normal trends. I don't really do anything chaotic with what I wear, but I did notice showing up there that unlike high school in California, or at least the high school we went to, when you're not trying to go out and have a good time, but you're focused on something, they don't really try too much. I mean, I know for a fact that dudes will wear running shoes, athletic shorts, and t-shirts every single day of the week to class, and the girls will do the same, which I wasn't used to because I mean, back at CDM, the girls would have full outfits picked out for every day <laughs> right. of the week. It's and, like a Debbie doll. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I got ripped on by all my friends for wearing Converse. All my Texas friends are like, why are you wearing, why are you wearing Converse? I'm like, I don't know. I think they look good. <laughs> They're right. like, just but the running shoes are so much more comfortable. And I'm like, yeah, but you look like you're about to go mow a lawn and <laughs> like with the dad running shoes on. And I just, I like my Converse. I will say though that Texas people love to dress up when you go out. So yes, we're very casual during the day to school, but they like to dress up. The, the girls are on top of their game <laughs> when it comes to going downtown. Well, and you saw the videos when we went to Texas in September 2016, like going through it, every female there like had boots on, mm-hmm. right, or a hat. Game so days. It, it was game days. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, when did you get your first pair of boots? Oh, I think um, back with my freshman year roommate, I made her come with me because there's the, correct me, there's the flat cowboy boots and then the round toe. Yeah, the flat toe and the round toe. toe. Oh, square toe. Round toe. And then there's different heels and right? different so I, I mean, that just blows my mind. I didn't want to get the wrong toe cowboy boots. I didn't know <laughs> what was the style I guess so my freshman year roommate came with me when we were moving into the dorms and I got my first um pair of boots then do you have a hat I do I have a few Charlie what about you first pair of boots I got first week of freshman year everyone had them so I went out and got a pair of Ariats at Allen's Boot Barn Mm -hmm. great place um and I love the boot I wear we go out to a lot of ranches and stuff on the weekends and whenever you're out doing muddy off off off-roading or taking rifles out and hunting and when all we do you uh those boots are great and you know you wear them downtown too that you can dress them up you can dress them down I know my Texas friends that are dudes have um pairs of boots that they've inherited from their grandfathers that they resole and resize and they'll have a pair of alligator skin, ostrich skin, <laughs> and then leather. And it'll be like work, downtown, and like weddings. They'll wear these boots too. And it's just a huge part of the culture out so there. So your freshman year, did you live in the dorms? Did you live in the north or the south? So I actually lived in the Callaway House, which is a private student freshman dorm living experience 
because the dorm life at Texas is not uh, very great and or updated. The main dorm they have is Jester. And, and you don't want to live on campus. You don't want to live on campus. It's just, I mean. Okay, so let's talk about this because yeah. people are listening, right? right. They're like, okay, should I live off campus? Should I live mm -hmm. in apartment housing? Or, and we'll get into the Greek life fraternities and sororities, but usually, your freshman year, and if you're not rushing, not living in the house right away, you're you're meeting a lot of your friends yeah. in the dorms. But it sounds like Texas. So I would. It's still dorms. It's just West Campus. And the on-campus dorms. Got are, it. You know to stay away. You and don't we live say off-campus, and realistically, it's across the street. Like you could walk out the front door and hit a building with a baseball. It's right, right. there. So, for lack of a better term, because there's the North Resident Halls, yes. the South Resident Halls, which are the majority of them, right? And then yeah. there's the west side, mm -hmm. correct? So it sounds like you lived in the west side. So like that building I lived in, the Callaway House, there's Callaway and Castilian are the two main private student dorms, I would say are the premier areas where just about every freshman who is in the Greek system lives in those buildings. And majority of the freshman girls, or at least hope to live where Lauren lived, which was Harden House. Okay. And Hardin's really special because it's all girl dorms, I want to say from the 30s. So a lot of girls' grandmas have lived there, their moms have lived there, wow. and then the daughters. I mean, so it's a really old building, but it has a lot of character, and I think it's pretty special to live in a house with all girls um, and just and, kind of force that friendship. And you said Hardin House. How many girls are living in this? There's a few different areas or buildings. Um, I'd probably guess 100, 200. But it's, it's very, very select. Girls into. apply when they're in kindergarten I to know, get into this house. I knew a girl who, as a gift from her grandparents when she was born, they put her name on the waiting list the but week she was born. you might not even get into Texas. Exactly. Yeah. So you pay a $50, $100 fee and you're gambling. <laughs> but to those moms and grandparents, it's so important to carry on the tradition. That sounds so Newport Beach, <laughs> right? Right. So first of all, we don't have that many people from Texas. Anyone else from CDM? that you know mm -hmm. either have gone to Texas like 18, 19, or 20 recently? Like, yeah. We, we had a big group go, actually. I think the, maybe the biggest group that's probably gone in recent history, our, our class. We had myself, Lauren, uh, Landon Whitney, Kendall Fryer, and Raleigh Garner. And so that, I mean, five was a lot. That, that, that is a lot. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've only seen like one kid or maybe two every year. I've never seen as big of a group as we had. So like back to what I was saying earlier, we all, all five of us got in that year, but the next year only I think one kid from CDM got in. And so it's- And it changes, it, yeah. it, and it varies. Yeah. Right. It varies. So you lived on campus, Hardin House, freshman year, yes. that's amazing. Wait, first I gotta ask you, because some dorms in certain colleges, they don't let guys in. So were guys allowed in Hardin? <laughs> guys, <laughs> Charlie's shaking his head no. Guys were not allowed, um, but it was always the thing for guys, the challenge, you wanna in. sneak in. Um, they have very strict security, and towards the end of the year, some freshman guys try to get a little bit more courageous. They never make it past the front gate, the front security, but it's kind of a funny thing. So how many times did you see like a guy either do the walk of shame or somehow just get in to like a hallway or where you're like, dude, what are you doing? It was weird if you saw a guy in the hallway and it they were running. They weren't just walking, they okay. were running. So it probably only two or three times at the end of the year. All right, so let's kind of look on campus. I, I know when, when you walk, there's that big tower that you yeah. can see, it's like 307 feet tall, yeah. right? You can see that from anywhere. Take visually, virtually, let's walk us through the campus mm -hmm. of what you like, what you don't like, Ooh. right? Because people here, they're like, oh, I wanna go to Texas, but I'm not gonna go visit it until I get in, which probably no, but <laughs> vir visually, because you can paint the picture and we'll, we'll do it together. Yeah. So do you wanna go from the bottom, like to the top? Sure, so I guess you could start down by that main, there's a main fountain, there's kind of like the, I guess I would call it like the scenic photo that I'm sure if you ever look up the school, you'll see, and there's a big fountain. I think it's a World War I memorial, and there's a big green belt, and then it goes up, and you have the tower behind it. Um, the campus, is, campus itself is known as the 40 Acres because it is a very large campus, 
And I remember a lot of people telling me and talking about how big the campus is and how massive the campus is. And I toured other schools, and to me, it honestly didn't feel, I don't know if you disagree, Lauren, but it didn't feel massive to me. And especially once you start taking classes, that it's just short little walks to where mm -hmm. you're going. But I mean, someone who goes to SMU might step on campus and be like, whoa, this is big. This is massive. <laughs> because I mean, it is a huge, for what it is, campus. For sure, but I, if you are looking at that tower and you go to the right of it, there's the main walkway, it's called Speedway. And so that's kind of like in between classes, crazy. There's bikes, people are going by on skateboards, everybody's walking. And so most likely one of your buildings is off Speedway. That's yeah. kind of like the go-to path. Right to get around. And of course, like um, we're seniors now, so the, the more and more you progress and the deeper and deeper you get into your major, the less walking you're doing. I mean, I'm just wrapped up my first semester uh, as a senior and all my building, all my classes were in the Macomb School of Business because I'm only taking business classes now. Freshman year, they were a little more spread out because you're taking those general credits and you have to go do biology or walk over and do history. But even then, the walks weren't massive. And Texas, uh, um, knows about this they give every class has a 15 minute passing period which is i've found more than enough time to get anywhere i've never had a class where i've had to run out and mm -hmm. jog to the next yeah. one i think my farthest walk from west campus so kind of the furthest was um, i actually had a couple classes in the stadium so that was probably a 20 minute walk all the way across campus and who would ever thought there's giant lecture halls in the stadium, in the in stadium, the stadium. which is kind of fun that on a random Monday morning, you're just walking up the stadium. Great transition. Let's talk about game day. <laughs> yes. All right, game Our day. Our favorite days. It's the best day. But, but, but there's only, and I tell everybody this, because when they talk about college, they say, oh, I want to go to a, a big school with football exit. First of all, there's only like five home games, six home games. Uh, maybe the away games too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we go to some away games, okay. which is amazing, right? We'll talk about mm -hmm. the Big Twelve and, and we'll talk about B uh, Bevo. Right? Have you <laughs> yeah. ever petted Bevo? I have not. Have you ever taken a picture with Bevo? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I got a really good photo. Do you with have Bevo a picture of Bevo? Week. Yeah. Like, how many Bevos have there been? Oh, this is twelve. Sixteenth. Okay. Fifteenth or sixteenth, I believe. Yeah. I think he might be the fifteenth. Okay. Let me see. He show me Bevo. That's a photo wow. I took at our last home game. Do you guys remember when Georgia played Texas? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I know exactly, <laughs> you know what, exactly you're what you're talking about. about. <laughs> right? With, with, yeah. with, Ug, with Uga and Bebo yeah. like just took after him or went after yeah. him. That was so awesome. That was great. <laughs> All right. So game day, um, Lauren, let's start with you. Because if it's a, first, do you prefer a night game or do you, because I hate those 11 o'clock AM games. Mm -hmm. <sighs> kind of brutal. Yeah. yeah, definitely a night game just because tailgating is so awesome at Texas. So if you can wake up, kind of have a slow start, and then spend at least three, four hours jumping between houses, um, tailgating whether that's an off-campus or west-campus fraternity house or around the stadium, it's awesome. Yeah, so the fraternity row is actually really, really nice at Austin. I mean, because we started our tailgate when we went to the Notre Dame, uh, Texas, uh, Labor Day weekend that you were we just saw a picture of your dad I'm gonna have to send that to you and you're gonna have to say dad look at look at you're in the back you're in the background. <laughs> but that was such an amazing experience like it was a game day so I think I, I woke up like at six so I walked the campus and I you know do my little thing and and what I try and do is I try and meet anybody with a big barbecue mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like hey we're from California where are you gonna be can we come here like I'll pay you for some beer and some good ribs <laughs> right and that's like the adult version you see everyone cooking all day long and they just want to have a good time and party but as a student now talk to us about that experience if it's a what time are you waking up average depends on the on the game I do have to say my freshman year something I thought was really special and I do think it's the university's way, or at least Greek life's way, to meet people. Every game day freshman year, you had a date to the game. Or I guess you weren't always asked, but for some of the games, maybe a guy in a fraternity would ask you to be his date. So I remember my first home game, I had a Fiji come and pick me up in front of Harden House, and then we walked to the Fiji house, tailgated there all afternoon. Um, it's definitely a big family environment, so I met his parents, we were just friends, but it was so much fun, um, I would say the chivalry of it, and getting right. to meet people. Right, now, uh, I, uh, let's talk about this because 
there's a lot of drinking going on at the fraternity homes yes. or the houses because yes. you can't drink and, and we'll talk about that because you're a theta right uh props to thetas because my daughter's a theta my <laughs> wife's a theta but that's why the sorority girls love to go out for game days because you don't do anything you might pre-game in your own place but then you're always at a fraternity house right or like certain schools have the alley or like on the beach or wherever <laughs> what, what, what's your place where you guys are all partying and tailgating do you want to talk about shotgun alley another alley here we go <laughs> let's talk about I shotgun mean, alley i mean we can talk about that a little bit but for the most part um as a guy i spend the entire day at, at my fraternity i don't really the girls like to hop around uh -huh. the guys will normally stay put uh to sort of set the game day environment really quickly we usually will have we'll build a stage we'll bring in like a live country musician there's so many of them in austin so they're not too hard to find They'll usually perform for a little bit, and honestly, depending on the game time, usually has to do with how long the tailgate will be. Like if we get like a six o'clock game, we'll start at like 2.30, maybe two or three. But like, again, if you get hit with one of those 11 a.m. games, which are brutal, you'll maybe do like a half an hour, and not many people will be there, and it'll just be the chapter, and like even, barely even, and we'll just do some mimosas and walk over the game. Um, I mean, I get Shotgun Alley is just a side of our house that has sort of become famous for exactly what the name is. You basically drag, Shotgun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no brainer right there. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you drag your parents or friends out there and you all go shotgun. You get ready for the game. And it's a fun little area. I mean, it's been there forever. It's pretty famous within the UT Austin community. It's a muddy little alley so next to the house. So it's good time great spot <laughs> what, what's your what's like your favorite memory like your favorite tailgate or game experience that you remember honestly there have been a lot of great games and i think like some notable ones is when texas beat georgia my freshman year uh when we beat oklahoma in 2018 but i think one of the best tailgates we ever had and times we ever had uh was freshman year when texas played usc which is obviously still a big rivalry after Texas beat USC in the Rose Bowl. Young. Yeah, in case anyone out I was there, there, in case anyone out there forgot, we beat USC in the 2005 <laughs> Rose Bowl. Thank you, Charlie. Vince Young is amazing. Um, but uh, that game was because USC travels so well, which is what made it so great. And obviously, so many people from here are USC people. So it was literally our what, second or third week of college. Mm -hmm. My parents just dropped me off, and they're already back to come to the game. <laughs> Lauren's parents were there. Uh, everyone I knew whose dad had gone to USC was there. Every mom I'd known who's gone to USC was there. Cause I mean, everyone loves coming out to Austin. They're all at the tailgate. I'm like in my third week of freshman year and I'm like so overwhelmed. And I just remember we go to Daryl K. Royal, which is the uh, University of Texas uh, name of the stadium. And we go to the stadium and it was to this day, the fullest we've ever seen that stadium. And I actually looked it up the other day and DKR um, is like the sixth biggest stadium in the country. And at that game that we were at, there was, I think it was like 108,000 people were in the stadium and it was so loud and it was so <laughs> much fun. And part of me back then was like, oh, this is gonna be like every time. But that was like one of those special games when you're lucky enough to play an out of conference team that there's a rivalry with and they love to travel and they showed up and it was a really fun game. And we won. Yeah. I don't, that um, morning is kind of a running joke for us, Thetas, because it was our annual CASA run where they make the freshmen, it's kind of a rite of passage. You have to go do this 5K early Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Well, we had to hop on buses by 5.30 a.m. after that super fun game and everybody's running the 5K and superhero running. coats and everybody's not doing well, but it's kind of a running joke now that after the USC game, that was one of our favorite memories. So Theta, and I, I gotta say this, Char Charlie, I'm gonna let you say it because obviously this podcast is the student manager, as our student manager at Long Beach State, um, but I was also in the fraternity, which I thought at the time, the best fraternity house is? Sigma Phi Epsilon. He's a SIG app, and yep. I just found that out, so we're brothers. I've had, <laughs> I've had a couple brothers on, right? We can do the handshake later. But, yeah. So anyways, let's talk about rushing. Are, it, was it fall rush or is it spring rush? for University of Texas for fraternities? So you rush actually the summer before 
everything starts. I was actually attending Rush events as a senior in high school was when I actually started Rush. So, but this, it's the summer before. Yes. So, like, are you saying April, May, you're a senior, you still haven't graduated CDM? I, I was leaving class early on Fridays at CDM to fly out to Austin and go to Rush events. Now, was that considered a dirty rush, or is that considered... It wasn't tech. Technically, they wouldn't call it a rush, but it's kind of more so getting to know the people who okay. have um, connections. And I was lucky enough to have connections actually through Lauren's older brother, who is also a SIGEV at Texas. He kind of told me, if you want to get in on this, you got to get in on it early. And I took that in stride. And I, uh, I mean, the rush process isn't something to be afraid of. What it's really about is um, just being yourself and being like an approachable person and like a people person. And the point of it is to find a group of people that you align with and enjoy being around. And that's what I think is great about the fraternity rush as opposed to the sorority rush because the sorority is so formal and there's a lot of rules and standards and orders of operations. And as far as the fraternities go, it's are you a cool person? Do we like you? Um, and how will you fit in with the rest of the chapter, which I find is much more successful way to bring people in, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and you're going through kind of like that ongoing, should I say, rush, you're meeting them, a social environment. Mm -hmm. are, are we a good fit? Yeah. Like, can it hang out as compared to, well, Texas is not even like the South. Like, yeah. I mean, those rushes are crazy. So how many, how many, you're a theta, how many are, are in your pledge class? Uh, ooh, 65. 65, okay, so that's a pretty good size. Not mm -hmm. like, see, this, some schools have like 140. I know. Yeah. It, so, like, my daughter, who's a Theta UW, was like 35, 36. I'm like, that's very manageable. You can almost know everybody. And then Julia's at Wisconsin's like at 70. She's like, especially during COVID, her fresh, freshman year, she said, I don't know everybody. So, your pledge class, do you know everyone? Um, mostly everyone, just because I did live in the house as a junior, right kind of peak COVID. So we couldn't have visitors in, we couldn't go to other sororities to mingle with our friends in other houses. So it definitely made our house a lot closer because we we're kind of trapped there sometimes. Right. <laughs> so yes, I would know most of my pledge class. Did you, uh, now, do they rush in the fall or do they rush in the spring? Fall right before, probably two weeks before classes start. Okay was who did it come down to came down to theta and um kappa oh that's my other daughter's a <laughs> so what made you go theta um legacy no because i knew my mom was chill and she didn't care about that she just wanted me to find my people i thought actually theta was um i kind of just wanted the outgoing girls the girls i knew that would always be having fun super welcoming some houses you walk in and i kind of felt like i needed to make sure i'm just could tell all the eyes were on me, not in a good way, but very judgmental. And I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I could be relaxed and chill and always have fun. Is there a lot of California girls? Not a lot of older Theta California girls. Um, traditionally from CDM, they would go more Pi-Fi. Um, but I already was going out of state and I just really had it in my mind. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to have my own path. So um, I kind of found my group at Theta. I love it. <laughs> did you run for any office? I did. I was CFO um, for a couple years. Make sure all that money was right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Charlie, did you run for any office? I never ran for any offices, no. I more participated in the social portion aspect. <laughs> Not even a social chair? No. It's too much organization. <laughs> I have class and fraternity stuff. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to answer this. You can't answer it. I remember specifically when we went to that 2016 Sigap house and some of the people we were with are like, no, Fonger. They said they literally look how they recruit because Sigap's one of the bigger top houses, if yeah, I'm not absolutely. mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. Is it true, Charlie? Do they really look at like the zip codes and kinda kinda in terms of how you weed somebody out? Like if they saw nine two six six oh nine two six six three, they're going, dude, we want this dude. I wouldn't um peg SIGUP really isn't the type of house to do that. You hear so many rumors and things about stuff like that happening. And what I've discovered, a lot of it comes from people who haven't gone through any of these processes and they're just assuming stuff like that. Or people who ended up not succeeding in the process. And so you'll hear a lot of 
bitterness towards the Greek system. I mean, that's always been an existing factor. I have been around and I've gone to rush events as an as an active and I've watched the process and seen how we do it and it has absolutely nothing to do with your zip code where you live or what your what your financial status is that's not important it is at the end of the day is this dude someone who I would want to sit down and have a drink with is this like a yeah. cool normal person are they like they're not going to embarrass the rest of us are they going to do something weird no it's never I don't think we've ever like recruited someone based on financial <laughs> status or the car they drive that it just doesn't matter Charlie thank you for clearing the air because I was <laughs> like you know that could be sick but I don't know no I, I don't <laughs> think really any of the fraternities we didn't do, do that, that. <laughs> well I was just down the, up the road at Long Beach trust me we weren't doing that at all yeah <laughs> no it's I mean you hear all these things from people who don't really know what they're talking about is what I've kind of gathered over the years and a lot of the things you'll hear about the Greek system from um, people who haven't been in it are usually wrong I would say <laughs> You have good friends that are non-Greek. Yes. Uh, actually, no. I. Are they all in the Greek system? Because that's your own community. I mean, yeah. I've got a couple buddies who are on the football team. So they're obviously not a part of the Greek system, but they're definitely a part of, I mean, for lack of a better term, a fraternity of dudes. I mean, it's the football team. They all hang out together and do stuff together. So, But, yeah, I don't really have a ton of non-greek friends you kind of find friends within that and even all my girlfriends and like that i hang out with are all greek system so what's the top sorority oh you know answer wisely (laughs) i'm gonna say the top three sororities you like to hang out with so at texas i think people what's famous is the people talk about the big six which are okay the name for the top six sororities that are um on campus, and it's Pi Phi, Kappa, Theta, Chio, Tridel, Tridel and, Zeta. and Zeta are the big six, and honestly, all six of those, I have friends in all of them, and they're all great and amazing people. And, and you guys could probably answer this now, especially since you're seniors, because it's just like any social group. In your sorority mm-hmm. and in your fraternity, you probably have, I don't want to call them douchebags, they're like, you're like look it's fine there's like people you just don't want to hang out with right absolutely and you stay away you find your people and they do their own thing they're catty not so that's where i see it happening more is that there's a lot more of that going on in the sororities than the fraternities i mean there there are guys that would fit that description for sure (laughs) they're not non-existent but so it's out there yeah yeah it's out there but i mean that's that's life I think, and this is a stereotype, but I think especially my freshman year in the dorms, I found the Houston girls weren't very friendly or welcoming. (laughs) But now I have some of my two best friends are from Houston, so that obviously was just a bad first impression. Lauren, let me take a guess. They're from Bel Air. You know where that is, right? Yes. Uh H-Town of Houston. Uh I think they're like, that's (laughs) kind of like up on the hill. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, so Austin. State Capital, mm-hmm. I love it. I love State Capital Colleges because there's so much. Oh, yeah. First of all, it's the food. Yes. Okay, so we're, we're oh gonna talk gosh. about the food, but the recreation, there's the lake mm-hmm. where you can guys go bike ride and everything, right? And I think one time we're, I'm like, are they surfing? Like, I think there was. Wake surfing. I was yeah. wake surfing um, last Sunday. Were you? Yep. <laughs> First week of December and I was wake surfing. <laughs> all right, so what, where do you, start out from like freshman sophomore to junior senior because without me saying and I know where I like to hang out where I used to like to hang out back in the 1990s which is a dead street now to when I just went there in 2016 so talk to people that have never been to Austin mm-hmm. where to party where to hang out favorite places and we're gonna, we're gonna do that right now all right so freshman year you definitely start <laughs> dirty six that's the nightlife because you can get in under 21 um, I wouldn't say they're the nicest bars. It obviously got that name Dirty Sixth Street for a reason. Um, but they're a lot of fun. You, I mean, yeah, she's right. The first two years, at least, before you turn 21, you will spend the majority of your time on Dirty Sixth Street. Sixth Street obviously being a very famous like bar crawl area in Austin. And those bars like Peckerhead's Aquarium, Shakespeare's Blind Pig. All, I mean, there's so many you could name that are all down there are... Pr- pretty much thrive off of 
College underage, students, right? un- and, and underage drinking. When did you have your fake ID? Freshman year, had to. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of the. And they're pretty easy. Mine was actually a California, and so bouncers in Texas didn't notice the out of state. I never had a problem. Uh, mine was California too, and they don't they don't know them well enough to f- be able to figure <laughs> right. out what's wrong. But even wrong. my friends that had Texas state fake IDs, they yeah. never had I a mean, problem. I th- mean, those bars would not be able to exist without the younger student body of Austin so, supporting. So that's funny because thirty six. I, I I've always known as Sixth Street, right? Yeah. Thirty six. But you didn't mention one of the bars that we went into when I was in college. Just when I was our student manager of the basketball team, right? So mm-hmm. we go play at Texas, and we rolled into Maggie Mays. Oh yeah, Maggie Mays is a good one. <laughs> is it? Uh-huh. Because so when we went there in 2016, I told our whole crew, I'm like, dude, you guys got to come to Maggie Mays. Like, where are we going? They're like, Sixth Street's nasty. I go, let's just go there, and then we'll go back to Rainy Street, right? Yeah. So I, I like, what's so special about this bar? I go, I don't know. I just went here 30 years ago, so yeah. thought I'd stop in again. So. So then continuing on as you get older, I would definitely yes. say there's like an order of operations to things. <laughs> um, when you turn 21, you obviously unlock everything. And so usually you're a little over Dirty Sixth Street by the end of sophomore year. And so once we turn 21, I know Lauren and her friends are there a lot. I'm there a lot. We go to um, West Sixth Street which is a little nicer area with bars called, um, there's Parlor and Yard, there's Buford's and Greenlight Social. And those are all like pretty much 21 only, much more difficult to get into bars. And then in addition to that, you also get Rainy Street, which is a whole awesome area. I mean, Lauren. How do you explain <laughs> Rainy Street? Cause yeah. I try and tell people about Rainy Street and I said, it's just, you just gotta go. There's nothing like it. Imagine. <laughs> almost like old cute one-story cottages all on a street that are turned into bars so they really look like houses from yeah. the outside mm-hmm. and they're awesome especially during the day people just go 30s cr- yeah absolutely uh, yeah. Lauren's always trying to get me to go with her <laughs> I love it <laughs> it's a great but, spot but then it, all the food trucks yes uh, yeah. so you typically or at least my friends and I we love going there probably like three to six ish once the sun starts to go down then you make your way to the food trucks get some food and head home. I mean, we stayed at that that nice hotel right there on Rainy, and I'm like, what the heck's going on down yeah. there? I said, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> so you can have like eight food trucks and just sit in that food court and just try a little bit of everything. And you oh, just yeah. saw all the college students bumping around, mm-hmm. eating. I will say Rainy is senior college students are mostly um, postgrad. Postgrad. Older. Yeah. Yes. Like that young, like 24, 25. Right. Like I, recently graduated, yeah. exactly. still living in exactly. Austin. Right. That's, right. That's definitely part of the young yeah. professional. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great transition because now you guys are seniors. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously, uh, I don't, I'm not breaking any news now, but it's one of my new projects I'm working on. It's called the hiring manager because I talked to so many college grads that eventually graduate. And then we talk about, all right, do you, well, I'll yeah. ask you, Charlie, tell me your 30 second elevator pitch right now. Ooh, 30 seconds. All right. Hello. My name is Charlie Jacobs. I'm a senior at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm majoring in management and entrepreneurship. I'm really interested in going into the real estate consulting sector as I feel like it would give me a great grasp on the uh, entire uh, career I want to plan ahead of myself. And I hope that maybe you would call or work with me in the future. You nailed it. All right, so we're going to continue. Lauren, I'm Don't not going to ask you. No, that. I'm not asking you that. Lauren, why should I hire you? Because I've had some great internships, great experience. I'm a people person. I'm hardworking. I put myself out there. And um, I've kind of tried a lot of different things in the creative industry, whether that was in-house marketing or working for a public relations firm. So I definitely have some varied experiences that will make me a confident associate. So what? So you should hire me. <laughs> but you say hard work, hard work, and give me a definition of you. One example of you being a hard worker. First in the office, last to leave, and I'm not lazy. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, so whatever answer you guys gave, it didn't matter. It's here's what I like. This yeah. is why the hiring manager is going to actually probably take off better than the student manager. Because you were quick on your feet, you were confident, and you had an answer. It, it, I didn't care what the answer was, but I'm like, <laughs> all right, so why should I hire you? I just wanted to hear your story. 
So you do have a story, mm -hmm. right? And then I kept on saying, so what? I could have drilled deeper and really kind of made, maybe got you puzzled, but totally. I would say, give me, <laughs> give me an example, give me an example. So as seniors, have you had an internship? Yes. Where did you intern? Um, I've had a few. So um, what was your favorite? Um, my favorite was the small public relations firm downtown because it was just a few girls. Um, they actually love to hire Thetas. So it's really fun. You're in the office with your friends and they put on a bunch of fun events in Austin. So it was kind of a little bit of party planning and then some PR work. Charlie, what's your favorite internship? Um, I'll actually dive quickly into something that will tie into this. Last summer, I actually lived in New York and did a program through the University of Texas called UTNY. And what that is essentially is a program they've built in a uh, basically a building in New York where I went this summer and I took two classes and had a full-time internship on the side. And so my internship, which I loved and had a great time, was at a place called Bellhaven Investments their um, financial uh, sector, obviously, and they work primarily with bonds. And so I was also lucky enough that during COVID, I was able to go into the office and be in person. So it was kind of a great uh, corporate experience to get to get my feet wet, see how I like being in office. And it was, it was such just an amazing place to get to go work. And the people there were so nice. And I had a great time this so I commuted out of Grand Central Station every day. New was, York's a great city. Oh, it's a great city. <laughs> Anyone interested in going to grad school? No. I currently do not have plans to do that. Did you study abroad? Because of COVID, I was unable to. I, I was supposed to go to Prague, but it got canceled because oh. of COVID. Yeah. So, and that's why like the hiring manager, right? You interview people like yourselves because you go through that process. How do you find an internship, right? So. Was it hard to find an internship or I'm gonna transition into really networking because you're mm -hmm. a SIGEP and Theta, I tell my daughters this and I tell everybody this, college is just starting something and finishing something. It's not who you know, but it's who fucking knows you, <laughs> right? To get that first job or get that internship, all the internships that you've gotten, is it because of somebody? Yes, for the most part, passing down in the Theta group me. I used to work here, I did my semester, who kind of wants to pick it up? Yes. <laughs> Charlie? Same, I mean, you have to have a connection. I, for the UTNY thing, they were very, um, you had to have an internship basically to participate, so they were, hammering you to stay on that and apply way ahead of time. I think at the end of the day, I ended up applying to 75 internships. And I got Numbers like, game. I, got, I got like three yeses. And then I, okay. um, the, I think two of the yeses were through connections. So advice and recommendations. First, let's go to parents, mm -hmm. right? That are having high school kids going through this process, and especially this stressful time. And I just got off the phone with one mom and today she's like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed. I'm like, why are you stressed? You ain't going to school. <laughs> like, you're a kid. You don't think your kid's already stressed enough? Yeah. What advice do you give to high school parents that have kids going through this process? Um, your kids are already stressed enough, so you don't need to put that extra pressure on them. But I think once you are into UT, it is huge to start traveling that summer, especially your orientation. Girls, kind of do a little bit of dirty rushing. They'll take you out to dinner. They'll take you out to lunch that weekend. You have to put yourself out there as much as you can. I remember I didn't knew I didn't really want to go a certain sorority and my mom just kept saying, you never know, you need to put yourself out there and go one hour of your day and get lunch with this girl. And now it's awesome walking around campus and knowing a few extra faces. So put yourself out there as much as possible. Charlie, what advice would you give to a student, a high school senior right now going through that process? The process itself is obviously scary as hell, and it's not something that I look back on and remember fondly. I would say something that's really important as a senior is to not put all your eggs in one basket. I myself um, preferred to kind of keep my entire college quest relatively private because you start to see a lot of these people who are like all I want to do is go to UCSB uh, Cal blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden they're going to Arizona and you're like so what happened and then it's awkward for them it's awkward for you as a student wherever you go I would say your main goal should be to immediately make the most of it you get there that freshman year that first week I would say is the key to setting up your next four years it's that it's that big reshuffle. You're not the only person who doesn't know anybody, so your main goal should be 
to go out and find other people and find a group that you fall in and fit in with. And I, people, I'm, get into trouble because they get there that first week, there's no parent there and they sit there and watch TV and everyone else goes out and makes friends. And then a month later they have no one to go hang out with because these friend groups have already solidified. So, and at the end of the day, it's what you make of it. You got Absolutely. And every kid I'm sure you had on here would probably argue that they go to the best college and they love it the most. I mean, that's exactly what it is, is everyone, a lot, most people love where they end up. And part of it is you don't know any better. And part of it is because you're having a great experience. Like I tell everybody, there's a right fit for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's what you make of it. And you can always make a small campus. You can make a big campus small with the Absolutely. community, but you can't yeah. make a small campus bigger let's do rapid fire as we uh wrap up so we're gonna go really quick all right so late night munchies where are we going canes yeah. are canes, you kidding me canes like canes canes i guess i know what's the what a burger what a burger what a burger favorite hangover breakfast place torchy's tacos and the queso Okay, wait, you gotta say that again because, okay, Barstool Sports, Eric Canardini is like on the board of Torchy Tacos and I was gonna reach out to Torchy Tacos and try and get them to be my sponsor. So what's your favorite hangover breakfast place? This is for Eric Canardini at Barstool Sports. It is easily Torchy's Tacos located on Guadalupe in Austin, Texas. I get two trashy trailer park tacos and a side of chips and queso and it makes all the pain go away <laughs> parents are in town where are they taking you to dinner oh you have to capitalize on that so you go somewhere nice uh they've got great sushi spots uchi amazing uh steakhouses are great there's vince young's got a steakhouse that's great there's a place called perry's which is down by congress area which is an amazing steakhouse um roaring fork is another good spot. You try or get some good barbecue. Or, I mean, yeah, and then you where, obviously. Where do, where do you go for barbecue? Terry Black's is my favorite. T Black's. Black's barbecue. Do you have your parents take you there? Absolutely, all the time. Is that their favorite place? They love it. Because we all have favorite places <laughs> as parents uh -huh. when we go to places. Uh, favorite bar? Buford's. Favorite dance club? Ooh. I guess Greenlight Social? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And on campus, the best place to eat? I don't really eat on campus. The most redeeming quality of the University of Texas is that we have two separate Chick-fil-A's on campus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me ask this question, because everyone that comes on my podcast, they always bag on the university's food or their meal system. That's why they always go out. Like, yeah. is the meals? So so there's, um, I mean, I think there there are dorm meals they're not very popular. What Texas has done that I'm not sure if other schools do, but on campus they have fast food chains. They have a Quiznos, there's a Panda Express, there's two Chick-fil-A's as I've already said. Wendy's. Wendy's, there's, they have, um, the companies have come in and put like little franchises. Campus is also on um, Guadalupe Street and that has a million different choices, Chipotle, yeah. Sweet Green, Jamba Juice, endless options. Everything. Well, we've just went around the world in Austin, University of Texas with Lauren Griffin and Charlie Jacobs, seniors graduating that may be another guest on the hiring manager. We got yeah. a little preview, a, little, yeah. a quick glimpse, but it's been great having you guys on. You are the second Jacobs that I've had on. Yeah. And um, UT, hook them horns. Yeah. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us. For the student manager, Fonger News, out.